0: Welcome to the Linguist Lounge, a podcast dedicated to all us world language teachers who want a place for ideas, humor, and professional development. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or just starting out in the field of language education, we aim to offer valuable insights and practical tips to help you improve your teaching skills that will better connect you with your students and your craft. From classroom strategies and lesson planning to cultural immersion and technology integration, we cover it all in a fun, quick, and engaging way that will leave you feeling inspired and motivated to take your teaching to the next level. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Linguist Lounge. I'm Luke. I'm
1: Heather. I'm Dele.
0: And we are so happy that you're here with us today. I thought that for our first episode, our inaugural episode, if you will, we would just talk about um, a little bit about why we want to do a podcast and what we think we can offer you as educators and as just funny people in general. Uh, so I actually think that if you one of you want to start, that'd be great. Dilee, why don't you start?
1: Well, I actually before we jump into that, it's been two weeks since I've seen you guys. What you been up to? We've had two weeks off. We're already two weeks into summer break. Don't be too sad. I know man. but but we still got lots of weeks. So what have you guys been up to since I last saw you? Um, what have I been up to? Uh,
2: really just thinking, like, what am I, I usually have projects in the summer, like building projects that I make? Like, last year, I made a headboard, so I've been like contemplating getting started on it. But how have I spent two weeks contemplating? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. You two know,
2: weeks, I know, now yeah.
0: it's I honestly think you just spend the first two to three weeks just like slowing down and catching up because mm-hmm. there's so much that goes on at the end of May, especially for education and education and teachers. And I just think that. For the first week, I literally just didn't move from my house. Like, I just stayed at the house. (laughs) Well, also, like, we moved in the middle of April. So, we didn't really have, like, we did not have a chance to, like, do anything fun in our new house until I was off work. So, my wife has been working. So, I've been with our daughter. And so, we've just been doing, like, water table things. Like, we've been playing outside because we have, like, a big backyard and, like, a deck now. So, it's been really nice to, like, just spend time at the house. Like, just... Just be at home i think that's really what about you delete uh
1: yeah same thing last week we just stayed at the house a whole lot lazy mornings love those we we're all pretty good sleepers in uh so we did that but i am glad i signed the kids up for swim lessons which got us out of the house by like two or three and y'all know me i don't really like to be at the house all day long mm-hmm. it's kind of hard for me so it was good to have those afternoons of commitment there the kids really grew in their swimming. Um, this week, I've been a little overcommitted with um, camps and mm-hmm. other stuff, uh, but we've gotten some pool time this week and a lot of family time, whereas last week it was just the four of us, so mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of family this week. But, yeah, we're slowing down, trying to at least, um, and, yeah, it's been good so far. I've enjoyed the time and look forward to more.
0: Most excellent. Well, you have more, so that's yep. really great. Yeah, We have, Thank like, goodness. what, a month and a half left or something like that. So. Oh, I
2: don't like about that way. Well, I know, but
0: I have Weeks. to. My brain is. Weeks
2: is better because it sounds good. had uh,
0: 65 days. <laughs> That's worse, countdown. maybe. Noelle has a countdown, but I think it's accurate because it said 70.
2: Countdown. I'm not really yeah. into countdowns, so I'm not going to do
0: that. Yeah. We have
1: time.
0: Anyway. It's good. <laughs> uh Well, good. I'm glad that you guys have had some time to rest, that we've all had time to rest. And I hope that whoever you are out there listening has had time to do the same. Mm-hmm. um So I think, uh Dalee, would you like to start? Just by telling us what you think, what, what would you, what, what in your, in your mind are you thinking, what value do you think that we could add to the world?
1: Well, yeah. So if we kind of, you know, start with the name of the podcast, Linguist Lounge, you know, a lot of the, obviously the linguist comes from, we're all world language educators, but the lounge just comes from the time that the three of us and even more teachers have uh, to just sit and talk and share our stories and experiences and ideas which we don't get a lot of what we have like 20 25 minute Mm -hmm. lunch break and then it's over and we're back with our students and while i know we all love being with our students it's like pretty isolating sometimes Mm -hmm. um as a teacher and so i look forward to just the chance to commit this time with you all and with our audience to share ideas uh we'll bring ideas to the table love hopefully eventually our audience will bring ideas and stories um, and I really look forward to just the storytelling pieces. Mm-hmm. I love, mm-hmm. I love a good story and especially if it starts off as a challenge, but we all have the ability to, you know, laugh at ourselves, right. which I think we're all pretty good about mm-hmm. doing. That's, um, that's kind um, of what I, I thought about that. too
2: with this is like, it feels like it's going to be like our lunch table. We all have lunch together. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I thought. It's kind of like a, yeah, recorded version of our lunch together, right. <laughs> but we don't have to hurry up and eat. We can just take our time.
0: Although. Yeah. If we recorded that, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if people would want to listen to that. But <laughs> it is a fun time, but it's definitely a mostly just a midday kind of rant session sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Uh yeah. I think for me it's like when I when I thought about doing a podcast, first of all, you two were the only two people that I would ever want to do one with. <laughs> and I think a lot of times, especially in education, you've got one of two things with podcasts. And from what I have experienced, I've done a lot of research on this. And I feel like you've got really serious, like really like pedagogical kind of like, I want to, I want to really improve what I do. And then on the other end, you've got like, I don't like my job and I want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to like be in the middle. Like Mm -hmm. we all love our jobs Mm -hmm. and we all want to be better. And I think that we can also put humor in there. Because I think sometimes we, if we go way too much on the side of like thinking about things really logically and talking about the science and about the the craft, I think sometimes we lose the funniness that does come, the humor that comes with being a teacher. Because there's so many times where I'm like, man, this job is so funny. Yeah. And I think that I think that's really where, like, the sweet spot for me would be where I could talk about like ways that we could improve and also like share the humor that comes with like doing what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think a a lot of things too. or I should say, I think really for us, it's like we have a lot of ideas that we implement that we think would be good for other people um, we want to share. So for us, it's like it's more of um, not only just a place for us to like give you the ideas that we think work. But like like Dele said, I think that we would like to hear things from you guys as well. Like the people yes. that listen, we're all about, you know, we're, we're growing together. So um, and speaking of that, we actually have Q&A's. Uh, at the we have a Q&A at the end so I we do get some questions for some people uh, just as a like you a really? first yeah first episode oh, Q&A a, nice. that I think we awesome. could do um, so yeah I think uh, now I think we should talk about like why us like why did we why did we decide to do this like why, what makes us different than other people
1: oh man I think it's exactly what you said a minute ago I think we I think the three of us are really good at striking a great balance of not glossing over the truth and the challenges of being a teacher but we don't stay in that place Mm -hmm. where it's always challenging we always try to find the humor and the lightness of it and remind people remind or remind ourselves if it's just each other and remind each other why we why we do this what we love about it and um, yeah, I'm I would not want to do this with other, with any other two besides you guys. Number one, we're all educate, we're language educators, but also we're just funny. We keep it light, and we like our jobs. And but I think it's important
2: to too. Like we learn, we learn from it. Like we would do that on our own, you know, like when something challenging happens in the classroom or whatever. Like you have to take it and learn from it and do something with it, right? Because you got to face them again tomorrow or whatever. Um, but I think doing that together, because before y'all came, I was here at our school by myself and didn't have that. And so just having somebody else to like bounce those ideas off of is is invaluable. And
1: yeah, I was thinking a lot about uh, uh, listeners who are a one person department, Mm -hmm. you know, I know Luke and I are Spanish teachers. And we're, we're in a lot of facebook groups and you know we hear a lot from i'm a one person department yeah. and that's the situation you were in right. when our school opened uh, we're a fairly new school um so heather was the only person for a, a while to mm-hmm. bounce ideas off of her own self right she did great but right even better, but it was with more challenging for yeah. sure
0: yeah. right okay i think definitely i, I mean I, I think you both have really done a good job like articulating what i would say too i think that we are I think we're i don't think we're like we're it's a humble brag to say we're very hum- we're very funny people so i feel like we really are i mean are. Like,
2: one of us one of us did get the humor award for our school it's
0: what was not it was it
1: Com- it was the co- comedy, comedy central, C- central yeah. award so uh-huh. <laughs> yeah so there is
0: yes that. i mean you do you do it's have a, that going for me it's so. official
1: y'all it's <laughs> official folks we it's got a an celebrity award. and it was didn't <laughs> it have
2: you
0: got a like a trophy card. yeah well no i took a picture with the trophy <laughs> and then the trophy was promptly taken for me oh
2: really I- <laughs>
0: Well, no, they had one trophy for every person oh. that we all shared. So
2: that's really so educational. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I really love I love that it. It really seems like our <laughs> county. Yeah. No, I
0: love it so much. But yeah, I can make, I can, I can find my own trophy. I did get like a piece of paper. Well,
2: that's And, and, a, a little and, little and little
0: I was little. a slideshow made for me. Yeah. So, right, yeah. yeah, okay. um, maybe I can screenshot that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, anyway, um, now that we've kind of talked about like the why, and I'm sure that you guys will hear. We will will tell you more about our whys later, but I think that we can, like, answer a couple of questions that some people have asked us via Instagram, Facebook. this is Um, exciting! So the first question, and anybody can answer, uh, comes from our friendly neighborhood, EJ, who is our athletic director here at our school. Yeah, and he asks, how can we create a love for languages for our kids, birth and school? Travel has seemingly availed mine to languages, but those who can't travel. I was the dumb American this summer standing next to my European friend jumping back and forth between three to four languages, (laughs) talking to people from different countries. Uh, That's a great question. uh,
1: Side note, I learned from him that I think they did a 10-day European tour with 12 countries. Wow. 10 days. Um, Yeah, yeah, I I
0: see what he He was was
1: exposed to a lot of Mm -hmm. things. Yeah.
0: can i go first yes please. i think that uh to answer sort of sort of not to answer but to deal with part of your question is in europe i think they do have the benefit of being so close to each that's other nice. and you can drive two to three hours and be in a different country With a different so right so, yeah. and i think that part of that's part of the reason why it becomes really invaluable to learn a second language because or third. or third or fourth mm-hmm. or whatever because you really don't It's not like there's much of an option if you want to travel. I think in the United States, like if I travel two or three hours, I'm to another state where they speak English still. So I do think that that like logistically is why, especially in other countries, why it's a lot of uh, people who speak, you know, more than one. But something that I think that I really strive for is like. We have spent so long in the realm of world language education of just introducing grammar and talking about vocabulary. And we have not talked about the culture enough. And I think oh, nine times out of 10, the reason why the students in my classroom have become interested in the language is because of the things that I expose them to culturally. I mean, I have kids who could care less about speaking the language, but love music, but love the, the media that come from a different culture. Yeah. And so I think our job. Especially as parents, like I mean, I have a three year old who she'll be four in August, but I think one of my jobs as her parent is to expose her to things that are not specifically American, mm-hmm. specifically English um or in english I should say I should say, because otherwise she's not gonna get that until she's much older, and I think that you know that's that's definitely not in everybody's wheelhouse, but I believe that you can take small steps to trying to get that going at an early age, like introduce them to books, like take them to the library and let them find books about different cultures or watch shows where the main character is not from America. Or I'm thinking of like Molly from Denali or like Mm -hmm. um Rosie's Rules or like those PBS shows, they do a really great job Mm -hmm. of kind of highlighting non American main characters. So I mean that the love of a language really starts with for me anyway, with a kid, with a little kid with culture and like introducing them to something that they're like, okay, that's that's different and that's new and that's fun. So and even with older kids too, because that's what I found in my classroom.
1: No. Mm-hmm. um even you know you talk about the culture introducing it early but one thing i feel like the public education system uh does differently here than a lot of especially european countries is we wait until high school right. to make it a required mm-hmm. course um whereas the brain science just shows that the att- the ability to retain the language it would be better off if we started younger when really young when there's more yeah. connections yeah. in the brain um for them to retain it so i think that's You know you've got the you can develop i think you can develop a love and learn the language at a later age i just think you're going to have a better head start and just a better advantage if you start younger so that would be something i would like to see change eventually mm -hmm.
2: and i think one thing that probably everybody can do whether you have knowledge of other cultures or not is just working on how you and your family react to new people or new situations because a lot of time like i'll talk about things that happen in germany like how to buy a house or you know, have to be mm-hmm. at a restaurant and they're like, Oh my gosh, that's so weird. And instead of like saying weird, just be like, Oh, that's different, you know, just even the smallest things like that, like mm-hmm. just saying instead of saying that's so weird, which is Oh, really... I
1: love that you said that because that's not my line it's like the so weird, but I say I catch myself saying this like our place is not to judge. Mm-hmm. Um, I could and I could come up with a ton of stories that we will do for future episodes of where this comes up in yeah. cultural lessons. Yeah. yeah, our job is not to judge, we're just gonna Take it, look in. at it, and, and be like, This is a different thing. way of doing it. Yep. And
2: mm-hmm. people, and to put, to bring into them, like, it's also an idea of perspective. Like, the only reason you think that that's weird is because that's not how you grew up. Yeah. Had mm-hmm. you grown up thinking that this was normal, then yep. you would think that the American way of doing it is weird. Yeah. And probably, you know, yeah. other kids, when they learn about the American culture, they're like, Oh, that's a weird way of doing things. You know, so it's it's only weird because it's not what you grew up with. And just kind of putting that in perspective for them, like, your way isn't the best or only, it's just one of many. Mm-hmm. Like, and that you can do, like I said, without knowing necessarily another or foreign culture or something that's just like,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know, even different people within America are going to have points of view
0: or whatever. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> I like that. I think empathy is yeah, really. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah. Is, the, is kind of the building block there. Okay. Second question comes from Caroline on Facebook, and she says, what has been the most rewarding experience while teaching a language? Oh,
1: these are such great oh that's a big
0: one um if you just had to like do a highlight reel a huddle for you as a teacher mm-hmm. what would your huddle page if for people who don't know huddles a sports highlights reel page <laughs> i didn't
1: know i'm glad you explained that <laughs> yes thank you for I'm a sports world. <laughs> um oh i don't know i just think it's it's little things like when a student when I don't know when the student will talk back to me in Spanish when it's not a required Mm -hmm. thing. So I'll get an example of the last week of school. We were playing a review game, a Jeopardy style review. And instead of having each group answer one at a time, I had them all answer on whiteboards and see who could Mm. bring up the answer the quickest. So anyway, this other group, they were doing so well with the answers that they got a little bored and they started asking me questions on the other side of the whiteboard in Spanish. And just like, interviewing me asking me what my favorite movie was and then eventually more funnier stuff like who's your favorite child and why and yes. things like that and just like to see them really start feel com- feeling comfortable mm-hmm. even if it's at the lowest level i think those are the right. rewarding moments yeah. the things that you don't ask them to do mm-hmm. where they right. go outside right. of your expectations yeah
2: i think for me one thing so i uh i don't know if i've said this yet but i teach german i don't know how big of a deal we've made about that but um you know i think most people have taken spanish as their language in high school obviously so when people get stuck in my class typically it's not because they wanted to be there uh so a big part of my job is even talking them into staying mm-hmm. you know so, it's so well <laughs> going to one of y'all's classes um because a lot of times like their classes get full and then the overflow just has to kind of come to me and so I, a big part of my job is talking them into staying and wanting to learn so it's really rewarding to me when um i'll get a note of a kid and they're like oh i've day one I hated this or I thought this was going to be this or that and I really liked the way you did this or Mm -hmm. I really have enjoyed class or I thought I learned more than I thought I would like those kind of things like having them come around and be like it's not what I thought it was going to be like you and your class changed by expectations so Mm yeah yeah for me that's that's something that y'all don't necessarily have because they sign up
0: but I mean but to be honest we don't have the same experience, but we do have a lot of people who are uninterested and become interested because of what we do. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: just because it's a requirement doesn't mean that it we can't garner people's attention, yeah. and garner their interest. Um, because for you know, this is a, this is a side note, but I think we all know that world language, like as a as a whole, like kids don't really look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Taking it, I don't know if they, I don't know if it's that they don't look forward to it, but I think because it's required, in, at least in our state, anyway, in Tennessee it's required that they have two years to graduate. So consecutive, like right. have to- So I think that a lot of kids go into it with the notion that it's just going to be a class they just have to take. They're just going to get through it. But I think we, we do have to do a lot of work to get kids interested because yeah. it makes our jobs easier. Right. But for me, I think the most rewarding part is not even necessarily the teaching or like the seeing. I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I love seeing kids like get it. I love seeing that, that light bulb come right. on and like it click for them. But I think the most rewarding part for me is like, receiving a note at the end oh, of the year that yeah. says, I just want you to know how much I like your class yeah, and have loved yeah. you and have loved learning Spanish. And like, you know, even before, which last year was the, I, I say last year, but the, the year that we just ended was the first year that we were able to offer like upper division Spanish. And even before that, like kids would be like, I really wish there were more classes oh, because man. I would love to take you again. I would love to take you class. Mm-hmm. We, we spent a lot of time us three talking about the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, it's not so much what we teach, but it's who we are as people that get kids interested yeah. in what we do. So, yeah. um, I think that just knowing that I've kind of made a difference absolutely. to them and have change, have affected them in some way, like positively, has been really rewarding for me. And their the
2: like, not just your class, like as far as Spanish or right
0: know, as a person. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing is like when you live in that this isn't like for everybody obviously but like living in the community that i teach in and seeing them out and like seeing how excited they are to see me like that really uh-huh. does something to my heart yeah i know like i know some people are like i'm gonna go to walmart in my town because i'm afraid i'll see a student that i know and i'm like mm-hmm. i love seeing them out in public like you know I, they I
1: always say hi or yeah they, hug
0: or they will come to you or or go
1: through your um grocery shopping cart mm-hmm. at the supermarket that's happened before, oh, like, and that's like <laughs> rifled through whatever the term is, going through my stuff. Look what you got. What are you buying? Oh really? Oh, I'm It's well, you know, I'm I'm okay with that. I think probably they know that, you know, I have pretty flexible boundaries sometimes. <laughs> I, I love that so
0: much. Um, okay, let's move on to our. We'll, we'll do one more question, um, and this one's from Megan who asks what strategies do you employ to make language learning fun and engaging for your students? I mean, it doesn't have to be like, I could I could sit here and talk and wax poetic about all the things that I do in my classroom. But I think like really that are, I I think how do I phrase this? I think that uh, a responsibility that I feel very, like I feel very, um, Something I feel very responsible for doing in my classroom is exposing them to like actual authentic resources that are not just like I wrote a small little word thing about a thing of food. I, I don't I just felt like I could find something that could fit the the theme of whatever I'm t- teaching them about that makes more sense than something that I would write or like that is something that they would actually come in contact with. And like I think they really enjoy being able to like read something or watch something or listen to something and like get something out of it. And I'm not the one doing the work because I don't know if you all know this or not, but I'm a white man from America. Yeah. So I think that like there's so many people out there that are already doing these things that in a real world context that I can expose them to. And I think that that's something that has really helped my, especially my upper division students, be really successful is just like exposing them to like authentic resources that are not something that I've made or am saying.
1: Mm-hmm. Or for yeah. pretty- the right yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um playing into their interest mm-hmm. you know if we're doing a unit on describing people characteristics or whatever putting up a slide of you know the most popular celebrities of the day or you know like i know you know if i've got sports people making sure i have an athlete making sure i have someone from the arts world and the music world uh, or mm-hmm. things like that just think images Images, visuals. I'm super visual. I mean, I like even if it's a one or two slide. I'm mean, gonna have a slideshow every single day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be long all the time, mm-hmm. but making sure there's some sort of visual mm-hmm. interest. I'd say is one of the. It's it's definitely a starting for me. Yeah. It's not the only strategy for sure, but it's mm-hmm. a definitely a starting strategy to be very visual and to get their interest based on things that they like and mm-hmm. know. Uh,
2: one thing that I do for sure is just the. Act- not, I say act. That's not the right word. Be interested in them, like as people. Especially <laughs> if I'm having a hard time, like with their behavior or whatever, is just to, to stop the stop germinating and just level with them as a person. Like, what are you into? Like, I know she brought skateboard in the other day, or whatever. Like, just being interested in who they are as people. And it is shocking. It is actually shocking how much of a turnaround in behavior. Then you see, yes, once they know that you care about them as a person. Then suddenly they care so much more about you and then they care more about your class. So even if they don't care about the class per se or the grade or whatever, they want to make you happy because you invested in their life or whatever. And so that's that for me is one of the biggest strategies I try to do relatively early is just know what everybody is into. And, you know, because the good kids are going to be good no matter what, you know what I mean? But like the, the kids that aren't necessarily super into it, really getting to know like things that they're interested in and just making sure that they know. I care about them yeah and that it has a huge impact on
1: the classroom
0: here
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i would say that the, the three of us do do that pretty well i mean there's always room for both but i feel like at any given moment if i'm walking past your two classrooms you are circulating you mm-hmm. are you know you are standing talking to a student and not necessarily up at the front of the room unless you you know you, unless you really are lecturing something right. but if it's an activity you're not just putting them off to the side like you're circulating around Absolutely. and i would and I know, knowing the guys, that the conversation is not just mm-hmm. about What's the activity doing.
0: I mean, yeah. Delee, you also are like that, too. I don't know if you noticed that about yourself. No,
1: I do. I'm just saying like, I don't look at myself as I'm teaching. I'm yeah. just saying, I think, yeah.
0: I would say, like, we're a strong 6.5 out of 10, all of us together. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I
2: give a fire. <laughs> at least not.
0: All right. Well, I think that for our first episode, this has been really great and I want to keep it around the 25 minute mark just so that um, we want it to be short and fun so that you have time to listen to it. You know, a quick little fun part of your day or during your lunch break, maybe, or just as a as you are parenting, maybe in between parenting (laughs) sessions, if you will. But yeah, exactly. During your commute. So um, yeah. This has been a really fun first episode.
1: And we already have questions know people coming, you guys. That yes, was exciting. Yes, yes.
0: You can find us on Facebook at the linguist lounge. Facebook.com slash linguist lounge. You can find us on Instagram at, at linguist lounge. Or you can send us an email at linguistlounge at gmail.com. Can you believe that email address was available? No. That's wow. That's that's
1: that's meant, that's meant to be
0: truly amazing. <laughs> so we will see you guys next time. Thank you so much. And goodbye. Bye. The linguists would like to thank the following people for their help making this podcast possible. Christian Gopozi for use of your studio, you're the literal best. Our families, for putting up with our crazy notions and allowing us to do it anyway. We love you all. Our friends, for supporting and loving us, we are truly grateful for you. And to you, for tuning in. We hope to see you again real soon. Intro and outro music by Brotheration Records. Podcast logo designed by Monday Morning Creative Studio.